Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. I have not talked to you guys since the All-Star break. There's been four games since then. We'll touch on those real quick, but mainly we'll talk about what just happened in this game at the Raptors, March 1st. One-point loss. It was a very tough one. We'll talk about Kevin Durant coming back, you know, the standings. When are other guys going to come back, like Ben Simmons and Joe Harris and the Kyrie Irving situation, all that stuff. Anyway, hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like, of course, and let's get into it. So just to refresh, catch up from the last time we talked, we had the game out of the break against the Celtics at home. I was at that game. It was miserable. I could tell it was over in the second quarter. We lost by a ton. Then there was Saturday night against the Bucks. It was at the Bucks. Kyrie was eligible to play, but the Bucks, of course, were still favorites to win. And Milwaukee had like a six, seven, eight point lead midway through the fourth quarter. The Nets had an awesome comeback in the fourth. Bruce Brown was making his threes, and like they had this, like the last 10 seconds took like probably 25 minutes in real time, but the Nets kept fouling, going back and forth. Kyrie made a lot of clutch free throws. It was like one of the best wins of the season, maybe the best win of the season. And then they go into a home-and-home home with the Toronto Raptors, the team they happened to be trailing right in the standings by, I believe it was a game at the time. So they could have taken the lead over the Raptors if they hypothetically won both these games. Unfortunately, now they lost both. So the first game was Monday night yesterday from when I'm doing this. And the Nets got absolutely slaughtered in that game, 133-97. It might have been the most miserable Nets game of the season, honestly. Like, there's been a few, of course, but the Nets, when they have these home games when there's no stars playing, is like the worst experience you can have. Like, it was just Seth Curry and Drummond looked like he tore his ACL in the first quarter. Thank God he was fine, but they just did not have the firepower. Like, I, I the way I compared it was the Nets looked like a scared middle school team versus a very good AAU team. It's kind of what it looked like because the Raptors are so physical. They have guys that are 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", and just play very good, you know, uh, highly physical defense. And the Nets had no idea what they were doing. It seemed like on offense, Steve Nash was ruled out 15 minutes before the game with the COVID stuff. So, that was a tough hit, of course, but still, I mean, losing your head coach should not mean you just basically lay down and, and take the loss. It was a very rough showing there. They were able to kind of rebound tonight. They just didn't get the win, and that's pretty much what it comes down to is wins and losses. So tonight they played the Raptors on the road. I think it was the first time they had fans back in the building since December. Brooklyn Nets luck right there. Of course, the first game back is against us March 1st. But this was a game where the Nets played pretty well in the first half, I must say. I was impressed for the most part, and even James Johnson hit a couple threes in the first half, and things were looking pretty good. They were winning the rebounding total at the end of the first half, and it was like, okay, we're looking fine here. There's some offensive flow. We're playing good defense, rebounding. This is going to be a competitive game. And there was a point in the third quarter where the Nets had a really nice run. They were up by like, I think, eight points after three. And it was looking like they might actually pull away at some point. And they had this really great run at the end of the third quarter with like Nick Claxton on the floor. I think it was Bruce Brown was there. I think James Johnson was there. It was a bigger lineup. It might have been Aldridge too. So they had a bigger lineup out there to end the third quarter. And the Nets went on this big run. I think Drogic was out there too. For some reason, Drogic like did not play the fourth quarter. I don't know if there's like this minutes restriction thing or he's ramping up as they love to say, all that crap, but did not see him much in the fourth quarter, which we did. And then the fourth quarter comes along. I think the score was stuck on 86 to 80 or something. The Nets were up by six. And, like, nobody scored the first two or three minutes. It might have been longer, honestly. It felt like nobody scored for five or six minutes. But anyway, so Jock Vaughn, who is the head coach right now while Steve Nash is out, 
he stuck with the same lineup for half the quarter, and it was like a bigger lineup. It was like a Nick Claxton, LaMarcus Aldridge, James Johnson, Bruce Brown type lineup. It was a weird lineup, and he kept that lineup out there. I don't think Aldridge was in, actually. I think Aldridge might have been on the bench. I forget who the other guy was. It might have been James Johnson, Bruce Brown, maybe Patty Mills, and like Blake Griffin and Claxton. It was a weird lineup like that. But anyway, he stuck with that for like half the fourth quarter. And like they literally were not scoring. Now it helped because Toronto was not shooting the ball well either at that point. But like, I don't know why Jock Vaughn stuck with that for so long. Like it was definitely not working offensively, but for some reason he wanted to stick with it. And I think he stuck with it too long. And by the time he made his adjustments and put an actual good lineup out there, the Raptors already had all the momentum in the game. And there's a lot that happened in the final three, four minutes. There were two defensive three-second calls on LaMarcus Aldridge. I think it was back-to-back possessions. And those were killers. I mean, the first one, it was like, okay, probably the right call. The second one was like so ticky-tack. Like, it, it was honestly bull crap because it looked like he got his right foot out the uh, out the paint. But I don't know. They called it anyway. I think it was Tony Brothers. You know, not many uh, NBA fan bases love that referee. But still... It was a ticky-tack call, and they made it, and the Nets had back-to-back defensive three-second violations. I think both possessions resulted in three points total, so six points total right there, and that really was the changing point in the game, honestly. I mean, Seth Curry hit a big three with like 30 seconds to go to tie the game, but it was just a very tough loss. I mean, that's pretty much all it can come down to, and it's just as a Nets fan, it's frustrating because like you know this team should be so much better than they actually are. And the part that annoys me tonight is that Kyrie Irving should be able to play on these road games, but due to Toronto's rules with the vaccine mandates, Kyrie Irving was not able to play in Toronto. So in my mind, if Kyrie Irving played this game tonight, the Nets win this game by double digits easily. Like I think if Kyrie plays this game, the Nets were the better team out there. Yes, they had their rebounding struggles, but if Kyrie played tonight, I mean, that's the best player on the floor right there between these two teams. So the Nets would have won that game. I mean, it's just unfortunate that it has to come down to certain cities' mandates and all that crap. It's kind of ridiculous how that works, but this was definitely one of those games where they probably should have won. Like, just looking back on it, looking at the second-chance opportunities in the fourth quarter by the Raptors, it was like one of those games where you just like, if, if this happened or that happened, if one tiny thing happened... We would have seen a different result. And, you know, Patty Mills has to be called out, unfortunately. He has just not looked right whatsoever. He had a big corner three that could have given them uh, a tie, I believe. And then Seth Curry hit the three right after. But Patty Mills has not looked himself at all. He's kind of been like a negative out there, honestly. I think Patty Mills tonight was a minus nine, it says. So that's very believable. But we know Patty doesn't help defensively. And when he's not making his shots, it's like, you know, what's the guy really doing? So the past you know, four games or so out of the All-Star break, Patty Mills has been just unplayable, but the Nets are in this awkward position where they don't really have enough healthy guys right now to just sit Patty Mills out for a week or two and get his legs under him. Maybe at some point when KD's back and Kyrie hopefully is full-time and maybe Ben Simmons back, you know, miraculously heals, we can give Patty Mills that time to come back and rest. And maybe even Joe Harris comes back too, who I forgot to mention. But just Patty Mills has not been... He's not helped the team. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Recently, he has not been helping the team. He's more of a negative. I know he's one of the best leaders on the team, but just in terms of shooting the ball and just what he does defensively, which does not really help. I mean, he's not been a player that's been contributing to these Nets wins. I know they've been one and three out the break, but um, he's just not been helping. So, I mean, there has to be something that happens there, whether he somehow just 
gets out of this slump or B, he just gets some rest. I don't know how exactly you fix this, but it's going to be tough because once again, the Nets just don't have enough healthy bodies right now to afford to sit uh, Patty Mills for a stretch of two, three, four, five games. It's just not possible. The worst part is we really wasted a game where James Johnson went seven of 11 from the field, three of five from three. He actually made like a buzzer beater shot when they uh, unfortunately were down four and they lost by one because of that. But James Johnson actually had like a good game for once and we just put it to waste. I mean, you know, Bruce Brown didn't have his best game shot for 10. LaMarcus Aldridge had a couple shots that were so close to going in, they just rimmed out. Those would have been big difference makers, of course. But the thing Aldridge will be remembered for in this game were the back-to-back three-second violations. That's the thing that, unfortunately, he will be remembered for. Patty Mills, not really a good game. Seth Curry, that's a guy who I definitely have to give a shout-out to because he was so great down the stretch. He had about five or seven straight points when the Nets really needed it. And he shot that corner shot um out of the out of bounds play they were uh, inbounding under the basket and he had a momentum catch and shoot and it just hit the back rim and after at that point the Raptors pretty much sealed the victory after that shot missed but you know I was hoping Seth Curry can give us one more make but unfortunately he just shot it a bit to the right so you know that it happens he can't make every shot but he made some big shots down the stretch for sure he had an awesome play I think it was Gary Trent on defense he was all over him and Seth Curry just had like this beautiful scoop layup just kissed it off the backboard and it was a perfect looking shot but anyway yeah I mean the bench was okay, I guess. I mean, Blake Griffin had a 4-for-8 game, made a three-pointer. I think it was pretty effective for the most part, Blake. He had his moments. We saw Nick Claxton play very well. I must say, Nick Claxton, towards the end of that third quarter, was playing very well. He was one of the big reasons the Nets went on that little run there at the end of the third. So, you know, Nick Claxton going forward, I just hope he has more minutes. I think there's no reason why they can't play him. Um, he probably played more tonight because of Andre Drummond being out, of course. But just going forward, like I don't know why they can't find Nick Claxton more minutes. At this point, we know what Blake Griffin's ceiling is. We know who he is as a player. I'd rather give Blake Griffin's minutes right now to Nick Claxton and just see what happens. You know, give him like the next two or three games, play him 20 minutes a night. And if Claxton plays well, you have that guy going forward for you know the rest of the season and the playoffs. And if Claxton does not play well and, and gets hurt again or something, then hey, I mean, at least you tried. So... You know, I just don't really see the, I don't see the point in playing Blake Griffin 20 minutes a night at this point. It just doesn't really make sense to me. Goran Dragic only played 15 minutes. I mean, he was fine. Definitely received a lot of boos from the uh, Toronto crowd. They did not forget. I, it was kind of a, a weird one because it's not like that. It's not like um, Goran Dragic had like a 10-year career in Toronto. He played there for like five games, honestly. So that was kind of weird. Anyway, he went four for eight, had a plus 15. Wow, plus 15 actually led the team. So Goran Dragic had a couple of tough makes. He made a really nice shot near the left elbow on a snatch, and he just switched it uh, second quarter, I believe. So he had some nice moments, uh, Dragic, but you know they did not really play him much in the fourth quarter. So that was a problem. I know it's like that minutes restriction crap, but still, I mean, I wish Dragic was able to play and close out that game. He shot two of five from the line, by the way. That was a bit concerning because, you know, Dragic is not an excellent free throw shooter, but he's not a bad one either. And he shot two of five from the free throw line. He started out 0 and 3, 0 for 3. So that was a bit weird, of course. He keeps missing to the left, I've noticed. So I don't know how they're, hopefully Kyle Korver, the shooting coach, can fix that one. But that was a bit odd. Cam Thomas, I mean, 18 minutes, 4 of 8. He didn't really do much, I feel like. I mean, I'm trying to think back to if he had any great moments in this game. I do remember Cam had that very awesome hesitation move. He did like a step back, fake, got his defender to bite, got by him, and, and made a floater off of that. So that was a nice move by Cam Thomas. He just continues to pass the eye test and just 
has that scoring ability. He made a, a three-pointer, too, at the end of the third quarter, I believe, left wing. That was a big shot, of course, to kind of extend that lead there. So, yeah, I guess Cam Thomas had a pretty nice game for the most part. But, yeah, it's, it's just disappointing. I mean, we just need to get our guys back. I mean, looking at who is out right now, you look at the four names that are not playing right now, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, who hopefully is back on Thursday, and then you have Joe Harris. I mean, those are four very, very, very good basketball players. And if you don't have them, it's tough to win. But I do give the Nets credit, at least, for coming out tonight and playing hard and keeping this close. I know there's no moral victories. I get it. But it was much better to see this type of performance than what we saw on Monday night when the Nets completely looked like they were in a different league than the Toronto Raptors. So I will say that was better to see, but you know it's just disappointing because we're at a point now where it's getting late fast. I mean, there's like 20 games left, maybe 19 games, 18 games left. We're getting around that point now where victories have to come because we're in the play-in tournament right now. Boston, who won tonight against the Hawks, which I don't know how to feel about that because we're still chasing Boston, but we're also right above the Hawks, so I don't know how to feel about that. But anyway, um, Boston keeps separating themselves. They're the sixth seed right now. That's how you get out of the play-in tournament is to get the sixth seed. I don't see that happening right now. And I just feel like at this point, the best case scenario for the Brooklyn Nets is getting the seventh seed. At least if you get the seventh seed, you're guaranteed to play at home and you do have two chances to win one game. So that's the the benefit of that. And another part, I guess, that we're not even going to mention is that if the Nets somehow felt like nine or 10 in the play-in tournament, there's a chance they could be at Toronto. And we know that Toronto has the vaccine rules and Kyrie Irving could not play if the Nets hypothetically had to play at Toronto in the play-in tournament. So hopefully we avoid that. But if they get the seven seed, we can avoid that. So hopefully they do. I find it hard to believe that a healthy Nets team would lose back-to-back games in the play-in tournament at home, but the Nets have been a very bad home team this year, so I guess you never know, but I'm assuming that at that point, we're going to have a much healthier team and play a team like the Hawks or play a team like the Raptors at home, and you know, we should at least get that win, hopefully, if we're healthy, but that's kind of the best case scenario. You get the seven seed, you get your guys back healthy, the four guys I just listed, get them back healthy. Hopefully nobody else gets hurt going forward. Um, you know, we saw the injury to Andre Drummond. They said he's day to day. We saw Cam Thomas has a hand sprain, I think they called it, or maybe a finger sprain, I forget, but he played tonight. So nothing big. You're hoping guys like Drogic and, and guys like Aldridge, they stay ready. Um, obviously, Patty Mills has to get his legs back at some point. That has to happen for sure. He'll be Definitely one of the key bench players in the playoffs. He has to make his shots. Can't have Patty Mills playing like this. But the Nets may be in a situation where they get in that seventh seed. They win their first game in the playing tournament. They lock up the seventh seed. Then they play either Chicago, Miami, Philadelphia. That would be a great series. But one of those teams. And, you know, they just hopefully can beat them in a seven-game series. Now, if the Nets were the road team, you know, obviously the first two games would be away. I think I like the Nets' chances to beat any of those teams. I do. But at this point, I just don't know if everyone's going to be healthy. I I have no idea. Like, how can I sit here and confidently say that we're going to have Kyrie, Katie, Simmons, and Joe Harris in in a month from now? I have no idea. So that's the problem. I do think the Nets, when healthy, can beat all those teams in a seven-game series. I just don't know what's going to happen with the health and availability with those guys going forward. And I wanted to talk about the Kyrie Irving situation. So I think we pretty much know what's going on here. But So they're going to lift the vaccine mandates in New York, which is good news, of course, COVID going down and all that. I believe March 7th is the date when they're lifting that. And I guess at that point, you won't be required to show proof of vaccination when entering public places in New York. 
And we're all thinking as Nets fans, like, oh my God, that means Kyrie Irving is back and he's ready to play. But for some reason, based on the rules, Kyrie Irving can still, he can't play at the Barclays Center despite the mandate being lifted. It's something to do with performers and, you know, artists, performers, which Kyrie Irving is considered a performer at this point, entertainer. Um, He can still, he cannot play at the Barclays Center still once this mandate's taken away. And it just, it makes no sense because you're talking about a situation where Kyrie Irving would be able to sit on the Nets bench and watch the game at Barclays Center, but he can't play in the game. So I just don't understand the logic. Nobody does really. I'm not going to get worked up about the situation because I do ultimately believe that it will get resolved over time. Hopefully before the playoffs, obviously, that's the main thing, and hopefully as soon as possible. But there's just such flawed logic with that entire thing. How can a guy sit the bench but not play in the game? Like, what's the difference? If it really is about safety, you wouldn't have him in the building in the first place. And I can even make the argument that Kyrie Irving is the safest guy to have in that building because if you're unvaccinated, players get checked for COVID, like get tested, I should say, before every game. Unvac- or vaccinated players do not get tested before games. Kyrie Irving does. So at that point, if you are vaccinated, you may have COVID and just walk around and spread it to the whole locker room. At least Kyrie Irving gets tested before the games. So you can make the argument that the unvaccinated player is the one who's more safe about it than the rest of these guys, which is just, it makes no sense to me. It's just, it's a frustrating thing. And I do hope that it gets resolved. We saw Adam Silver kind of have, um, he had Kyrie Irving's back in a way and, and kind of said it makes no sense. And Eric Adams is always saying one thing one day and one thing the other uh, the next day. Eric Adams being the the mayor of New York, so it's just frustrating and confusing. And I, I do think ultimately we will you know get this figured out at some point. But it's just it's so stupid. Like how can you how can you make that a rule where a guy can sit on the bench but he can't play in a game in the same arena? I just there's no logic behind it. So. I'm hoping that he's back at some point. I'm actually going to a game on the, I think, 18th against Portland. So I hope he's back by then. That'd be great to see him in, uh, in person again. So I hope at some point, you know, hopefully it's as soon as possible. But yeah, we won't be able to see Kyrie and KD play till at least Sunday when the Nets are at the Boston Celtics. So that's a wait and see. But Kevin Durant is either back Thursday, which is a home game against the Heat, or he's back for that Sunday game at the Boston Celtics. Two very important games. So hopefully Kevin Durant is back by Thursday. I don't know if there will be a minute restriction. We'll find out, of course. But I don't know. At this, like When Kevin Durant first got hurt, the Nets were still like the first seed. I think they were like 29 and 17. They were in a good spot, still had James Harden healthy. And I was like, all right, well, they'll probably at least be like a 500 team. I had no idea they would uh, go on to be like three and 14 in the next 17 games, whatever it's been. But anyway, I figured the Nets can at least tread water and be okay. And I was hoping that when Kevin Durant came back, they can just ease him in, play him 15 minutes the first night, 20 minutes the next night, 25, and so forth. But now, based on the situation the Nets are in, where they find themselves in the seventh seed, whatever, eight seed, seven seed, I think it's the eighth seed now, um, they're in a situation where they need wins and they need wins fast because the regular season is coming to an end pretty quickly here. They're now in the eighth seed at 32 and 31. Game and a half above the Hawks, who are the ninth seed, and they are now three back of the Toronto Raptors, who are the seventh seed. So we're in a situation now where we need wins and we need them fast. And Kevin Durant coming back slowly is not really what this team can afford to have right now. I mean, if it does happen, I guess it is what it is. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. I don't know if, like, once your MCL is healed, it's healed. I have no idea. Anyway, I just hope we get Kevin Durant at full capacity as soon as possible 
Same thing for Kyrie Irving. The Ben Simmons situation is confusing because it really seemed like he was getting close to making that Nets debut. I was hoping that maybe out of the All-Star break he can make a debut in that Celtics game. That never happened. Apparently he has a back issue. I think Steve Nash said it wasn't a big deal, but now people are making a big deal about it. Like I just don't know at this point. It is it's so frustrating and you know, the Nets are not big on communicating when it comes to their injuries. Even Joe Harris, there's been no update. Every time they ask about Joe Harris, there has been no update. So it's like the guys we really want to know about, the, the best and most important guys on the team, we just don't have information about. And, you know, sitting here on March 1st, it's very frustrating right now to be a Nets fan and not know what's going to happen going forward because you don't know the availability of your own players and the vaccine mandates and all that stuff. So it's a frustrating time. And I guess, you know, I, I think it's right to be nervous right now as a Nets fan because they're in the eighth seed. Like, you're, you don't want to be in a point where you are the 9 or 10 seed and, and one loss and you're out. Like, you don't want to have that be the case. So I'm still hoping for the 7 seed. I think catching Boston is pretty far-fetched at this point. Maybe it could happen, but I'm not expecting that. I still think we could uh, catch Toronto. I believe the Nets split the season series 2-2 with them so far. So we won the first two, but of course lost the last two here, the last two games. So, you know, I do think there's a world where we can catch the Raptors, but it's going to take a lot of wins, of course. I'm trying to think there's like 18 games left. You got to win at least like 12 of them. You know what I mean? So the Nets cannot afford to drop many more games here. There are some more tough games on the schedule. Last video, I talked about how easy the last eight games were. So that's definitely going to help. I hope the Nets can finish the season out six and two, seven and one, get themselves back in that seventh seed, maybe get in the sixth seed. That would be fantastic. But I just am not expecting that right now. So I guess on the bright side, if the Kyrie Irving playing at home situation is not you know, sorted out, they will at least, you know, if they get to, uh, if they get past the playing tournament, they will get Kyrie Irving the first two games of the playoff series because they will be on the road. Hypothetically, if they were to get the sixth seed and they were in the Celtics position right now, they would be playing the Milwaukee Bucks on the road. So they would have Kyrie the first two games. They would have Kyrie in game five and Kyrie, if, you know, in game seven if necessary. So there is some bright side to playing on the road in, in a seven-game series because of the whole Kyrie situation, but of course you do want to be the home team. So I don't know. It's just a frustrating situation, and there's really not much you can say at this point because, once again, the Nets are not big on communication when it comes to their injured players. Now, going forward, we'll look at the schedule real quick here. Home game versus the Heat Thursday, on the road Celtics on Sunday, on the road Hornets Tuesday, on the road Sixers March 10th. So those are the next four games coming up here. The Hornets, of course, are the easiest team there. It's a road game. Kyrie could play. Kevin Durant should be back, of course. I have no idea about Ben Simmons, but they should win that game at the Hornets. I mean, the Heat game, hopefully Kevin Durant's back, but that's still going to be a tough ask because Kevin Durant's the only star playing in that game. The Celtics game Sunday, that's a big one, I feel like, because you're going to have, hopefully, KD and Kyrie back in that game. We get to see them both play together for the first time in a while. So that will be fun to watch, and hopefully they can win that game. It should be a toss-up, I feel like, if both guys can play. And then that Sixers game, March 10th, well, I mean, I don't know what to expect in that game. It's hard to know who the Sixers are right now, of course. James Harden looks great his first two games, but they did play the T-Wolves, and they played the Knicks in those first two games. So I don't know how you want to feel about that. But anyway... The Sixers have looked great so far, but we'll find out what they are in a week from now. So after that, though, the schedule kind of lightens up a bit. So that's the good news. But these next four games here are a bit tough. I mean, one and three is not out of the question for sure. If they can split and go two and two, I'd probably be content with that at this point. But anything better would be great. But 
yeah, I mean, it's just not an easy part of the schedule right now, that's for sure. And Kevin Durant still being hurt is terrible, but he should be back soon. So we'll find out what happens. But the big part is Ben Simmons and Joe Harris. How long until those guys come back, if they even come back at this point? But that is the big question right now. So anyway... That'll do it for the video. Tough loss tonight. I was hoping we could split with the Raptors at least, but that did not happen. One in three since the All-Star break. It ain't looking good right now, but hopefully as Kevin Durant and more healthy bodies and Eric Adams steps in and, and lets Kyrie play at home, more positives will start to happen for the Brooklyn Nets. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed the video, and I will talk to you guys next time.